Our scripture reading this morning comes from the letter of 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Hear these words of scripture. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When we were coming up with the um, specific topics for this sermon series and we came to this one on service, I immediately had in my mind the window here in our sanctuary, the middle one over here on the worship team side that you'll see in just a moment. I think part of why it came to mind is I come in here, I see it often. Also, it's titled Servanthood, and it happened to be the Christmas ornament featured this past Christmas, which I bet there's actually still a few uh, versions left. If you give Ben a call or email, he can hook you up. And Christmas is only like 329 days away. Anyway, this popped into my mind, and I came in here to meditate on this image, and uh, I found it to be an absolutely wonderful thing to guide thoughts on what it means to power up through service. That's the point of artwork in our sanctuary, after all, to guide our minds and hearts deeper in spirituality. By the way, if you ever find yourself drifting off during a sermon, even this one maybe, you've got some beautiful art here to draw your attention right back to God. So I direct your attention now to these windows, specifically this one here in the middle. Actually, while I'm over here, I'm so tempted to add a nice little drum solo to my sermon, but I'll hold back for now. The central feature of this window is a basin of water and a towel, which are meant to bring to mind the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, which is the banner, story, and symbol of what it means to serve in our Bible. It comes up in John 13 when Jesus gets up from the table with his disciples, ties a towel around his waist, fills the basin with water, and then washes his disciples' feet. I imagine they were all shocked at this. It is not the kind of behavior you would expect or from the Messiah or from God. And at least Peter gets very uncomfortable with this, and he refuses. Then Jesus insists, and it's a fascinating conversation between them, but I'm going to jump to the end of that because Jesus finishes and then asks the disciples, do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. So if I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you. In this powerful act, Jesus shows an example of service that's rooted in humbleness and love. It's a love that overflows so greatly that Jesus can't help but share it with those around him. And it's service that helps others know and connect with that abundant love of God. 
I think that is also the core of what we learn about service in our passage today from 1 Peter. This is a letter in our New Testament that is attributed to the Apostle Peter, the very one who reluctantly got his feet washed. And the verses we read today come toward the end of that letter. Like so many letters in our New Testament, the author draws things to a close with a short, quick list of encouragement for that specific community. And he says, above all, to maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. That in itself is worth weeks of meditation to see how it might impact our lives. He goes on to say, be hospitable without complaining. And when you speak, speak the very words of God. So you know, just easy breezy things we can all do. (laughs) No, uh, it's all super hard to do and requires devoted attention from us. But also, all so worth doing, especially that encouragement right in the middle of it all. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. That short sentence somehow sums up the character and point of service so well. So I'm going to explore each phrase of that verse with you today, particularly thinking about what it means to be powered up through service. Service as a way of powering up is kind of a weird way to put it, I say weird because when I think of service, I think of giving time and energy rather than receiving something into us. I think of working hard, packing food for kids against hunger, or spending a week building a house in an impoverished area of our world, or even picking up trash in our neighborhoods. And all those things leave me exhausted. After serving, I'm ready to collapse on the couch. I wouldn't describe what I feel as being powered up. And yet, I think both this passage and this image in the window help us to understand how service can be a source of power. First, they both remind us that service comes from the freely given gifts of God. We are not just expending our own energy when we serve. Rather, we are letting something of God flow through us. The more I meditated on this window, I was undoubtedly drawn to this point. Notice all the colors and shapes around the basin of the towel. They are just as important to what is being communicated as that central image. There are blues and yellows and greens and purpley browns, and they are all arranged in a sense of movement, all flowing into that basin. It is telling us that there is something from beyond us that comes to us freely for service, something I would call the freely given grace gifts of God. The author of 1 Peter has a fantastic way of describing that. We are recipients of the manifold grace of God, a grace that comes to us in so many different varieties, like a many-colored precious gemstone, like the many colorful pieces of stained glass flowing into the water basin, the overflowing grace of God that washes among us like the water represented in this window. When we are so attuned to God's manifold gifts and graces, and when we participate in that, it's a kind of liveliness that enlivens us. I recently went to the dentist, uh, which is honestly not a place I expect to find the manifold grace of God. Hellish tortures, maybe, but peace and grace, not so much. But I had a great dental hygienist this time who showed me 
what being a lot enlivened in service looks like. Now, I also have the, a permanent retainer behind my bottom teeth. It's been there since I had braces as a kid, and it's the bane of clean teeth. No matter how much I brush around it or floss through it, it doesn't care. It's going to hold on to all the plaque. It also doesn't help that I basically have a constant stream of coffee and tea going into my mouth, staining my teeth. But this hygienist was great. She worked at and around that retainer until my teeth were perfectly clean. So much so that her hand and fingers were exhausted. She served hard, and we both knew it. But also, she moved right on to enthusiastically tell me more tips than I had ever received about the best angle to hold my toothbrush and better flossing movements. In short, her hard work on my teeth demonstrated her liveliness, which means that she was serving me through the manifold grace of God. It was not just her strength alone that was making a difference in that moment. And like Jesus washing feet, she went into the undesirable places of life and patiently and gently cleaned. I personally don't get that grossed out by feet, but I recognize that feet and teeth are both areas you have to really be humble to clean. But when we let God's manifold grace flow through us and we are really helping others, perhaps we'll be enlivened even in that foot-washing kind of work. Servanthood is not the most flashy thing, and it is tiring. It requires giving of ourselves. But it also powers us up because we serve through what has been given to us first, grace that enlivens us. Of course, receiving and participating in that manifold grace is only one half of what it means to power up through service. It also matters how we let that grace flow out from us. And again, 1 Peter cuts right to the core of what it means to share grace through service. It's all about stewarding our gifts. Steward is a fancy word for manager, so it means knowing how and where to share those gifts for the good of all, how to manage them well. I'll share a little about knowing those spiritual gifts we can give in a moment, but first, I think this view of service as stewardship helps us even better understand what powering up really means. When we steward or share the gifts of God, we begin seeing things not individually, but rather communally. When we serve others, we offer a way for our neighbors to plug into the source of power. Our words and actions are specifically directed to empowering those around us when we serve. So we see that powering up is not just something for each of us to receive and benefit from ourselves, but perhaps more importantly, something we pass along to our neighbors. At the risk of mixing my metaphors too much, maybe serving is like being that power strip, extending a source of power out so that so many other people can plug into it. And this idea of stewardship leads us right back to the first point that we give because we first received. Even when we focus on helping our neighbors to power up, we aren't just giving from ourselves. We're giving that which God has abundantly added into our lives. So powering up through service is a receiving and a giving and a knowledge that the whole process is an important way to help all the world plug into the source, to know the gifts of God that flow through us. 
So if we power up by participating in that grace, stewarding those gifts, as First Peter claims, it would serve us well to reflect on how we know those gifts and share them in a healthy and holy way. There's a lot to be said about spiritual gifts, more than I could include here today, but I think it's at least worth noting that spiritual gifts are the unique ways that we can be present for the common good of the whole world. There's no one set list of these gifts that we just look at and choose from. And I think they all change over time for our communities. New ones pop up constantly. That means it can be a pretty long process to determine what spiritual gifts we can use in what ways. And I don't know of any good shortcut to figuring that out. It takes a lot of prayer and a lot of discernment to know what those gifts are. It can happen through journaling, recording what brought our spirits to life each day, listening to others encourage us and point out the things that we do well, reflecting on the work of Jesus and the disciples, and just trying things out, all ways that we can discern those gifts. If an opportunity to serve pops up in the church or in our community, just jump in and try it. Even if it does not prove to be a way you are enlivened, the worst case is you reluctantly help someone else, and then you can try something different another day. One church I served had a passion for working with refugees and immigrants. And after some good prayer and research, they partnered with Refugee Services of Texas. But we had no clue what exactly we'd be doing. We recognized we did not have the resources to be a full welcome team for a family. That was just not a gift of our community. But we did have the gift of free time during the day and evenings and people who were willing to drive. So we just tried something out and wound up transporting a young woman to English classes. The spiritual gift of generosity, of time and use of cars made it possible for that young woman and her family to be powered up and better equipped to live in our neighborhood. So servanthood can look as many different ways as there are gifts, which is countless. But what sets it apart is its character and purpose. It is about conveying that manifold grace of God to others so that those who need it most can receive some powering up. It's about stewarding our unique assets for the common good of the whole world. And again, the stained glass image here has so much to teach me as I think about that example. I already mentioned that there is movement and activity in this simple image. The blues of the water are not just in the basin. They're all around. Which also reminds me that service is something that happens all over our world, not just in designated places. Not just in this designated place of worship. After all, Jesus does his great act of service of foot washing, not in the temple or the synagogue, his places of worship, but out in an ordinary home. Stewarding God's manifold grace throughout our world is anchored in those spiritual gifts and is something we all share together in all places. I also remember in looking at this image that Jesus commissioned every single one of those disciples to follow his example of foot washing. And in the Methodist church, we draw from that the belief that all Christians are ministers. 
Specifically, we believe that all Christians are called through their baptism to this ministry of servanthood in the world, to the glory of God, and for human fulfillment. That's actually a direct quote from our denomination's books. And that means that each and every one of us is a minister called to servanthood in our world. It also means we are one small but important part of the service God is doing all throughout our world. We are all involved, but we also don't each have to do it all because we are in this together. So it may seem like a big thing to say that we are all ministers called to serve the world through our spiritual gifts, but if our service in this world helps one other person find that manifold grace of God, we've done our part. We have followed Jesus' example. We have washed some feet. And I'm drawn one last time to this window. Actually, all of these windows as a reminder of the importance of that work of service. The water in our servanthood window draws my attention outward as if it were flowing in and out of that basin. And I see how well it connects to the other two windows around it, creating either intentionally or not a kind of triptych or three-part piece. On one side, there's the water of chaos represented in the flood. And on the other side is the water of order and renewal and baptism. In the flood, there's the sign of hope in the midst of the water. And in baptism, there's the sign of God's presence in our calling. Remember, we are all ministers called to serve through our baptism. So perhaps this symbol of servanthood ties it all together. We can be a source of hope in chaos, and we can serve as a way to live out our calling into ministry. It will look as varied as our unique gifts and the unique colors and shapes represented in all of these windows. And God willing, it will be a source of power for us as we are enlivened by God's grace and for others throughout the world as we allow that grace to overflow in us and reach everyone. That is my hope, and I look forward to joining you in service through this place. Would you pray with me? O oh God, who has poured out manifold grace on us all, help us to be more aware of that grace in the unique ways that we can allow it to flow through us, to touch the lives of those around us. Empower us this day to be good servers of your people. In your holy name we pray. Amen.